0: morning, and this morning, most of you here seem to be following me around, (laughs) so uh, as you know, I spoke about faith one day and about shraddha, about faith, about Karunya compassion, Last night we spoke about Leela. So this is a participatory type of event. In Gita, Krishna says, mad chita, mad prana bodhaya parasparam that uh, the devotees, they come together, mad chita, mad prana, and uh, I am their chitta, their prana, their heart, their life. And together with one another, Bodhayam, Parasparam. They discuss, they mutually enlighten one another, so what I mean by that in this context is that 50% of the, or more than that, I, I guess you could say, of the equation of what will take place in an event like this is coming from the side of the listeners. So far, I've given all the topics. So, they, you to give the topic are there any questions um, I had a question I seem kind of foolish but those are the best questions <laughs> especially if you if you don't ask them then you remain very foolish um, to advance in, in spiritual life um, or advancing in any way in your sleep Interesting. Thought. Do you sleep a lot? <laughs> it's mentioned in the Bhagavat, in the sixth canto of Sumat Bhagavatam. The sixth canto of Sumat Bhagavatam begins in a beautiful way. Of course, it begins after the end of the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam. And in the end of the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam, there's a question brought up by the Raj, Parikshit. The inquirer, the other half of the equation. The question that Raj asked that gave rise to the last, the close of the the fifth book, the fifth canto, was about the nature of material nature, the world, and he reasoned that it was very fascinating, as it must be, and being as it is in relation to him, to Bhagwan, not to Sukadev, but to Bhagwan, Sri Krishna, whom Sukadev is speaking about throughout the Bhagavad. He wanted to know about material nature, the world, how it works, um, in some detail. When you stand out at night and you look into the sky, there's about three million stars, they say, that you can see. And people are, human beings are, are brought to, uh, are, are caused to, to wonder about where they fit in the whole affair. And they can't even see the, the 500 million other galaxies that are out there or somewhere. Are they out there? Or are they in here? Krishna naturally, had kind of a, a curiosity like this, but he, he qualified his curiosity about the world by explaining to the sage Sukha that he wanted to know about the world because he knew that it had its its origins in Brahman, in the Absolute, in the Godhead. And so if he was to understand about the material world better, then he would know more about the object of his own affection and devotion and love. This is a fairly important point to us because if we have genuine interest in the Absolute, then we'll be interested in every aspect of the Absolute, but in, an, in, a, in such a way that all our interest draws us to to the center. So the the... Sage Sugade replied. He said, "Yes, I'll tell you about material nature as far as uh, is possible, and I'll recite to you what has been recorded by the historians of the times with regard to the the cosmos. It's a kind of a cosmological uh, question that he asks, and uh, and so he he begins to speak, uh, qualifying his." answer in this way, one way and a second way. First way, as I said, I'm going to answer you as far as the current thinkers of the time and historians have have recorded it. And beyond that, second point, before I do so, you should know that in essence, it is this, he says. It is a a transformation of the... um, of the gunas, the, 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 the modus operandi of material nature—the kind of the, the three shells in which, you know, which is the p under right, do that kind of magic trick—the the magic of of Maya, that uh, the, the transformation of Rajas, Tamas, Satva, which constitutes our both our physical and psychic dimensions of material life. So it's a big qualifier. He said the whole thing is magic, basically. It's just a combination transformation of these modes of nature, endless uh, transformation. So you can't really get a grip on it. It it appears one way, it may appear another way at another time. He's speaking somewhat about the, the flexible nature of material nature, which we, of course, try to harness in human society to get some footing and control as we were really kind of pressed to do, given our, our, our condition. We want to control things. That's a problem, of course. But at any rate, he qualified his answer in this way. And then he began to speak, and he described the, the cosmos and so forth. And in the context of that, he described the hellish conditions of life that also exist in the world. In a, in Puranic language. If you will, in a Puranic type of uh, discourse, and so at the end of the the canto, the the Raj, who is naturally a a, uh, compassionate person, he wanted to know why is it or how is it that people can be saved from having to undergo any types of hellish conditions in life. Uh, Some people wonder if there's hell and. one answer and a, and a kind of an essential answer that the Bhagavad puts out there for us besides the details of its descriptions of such hells is the very idea that, there, that, that use your common sense there are hellish conditions of life you experience them maybe that's why you go to sleep sometimes to get away from it all so uh, there are consequences for actions and uh, some of the consequences, at least from our human perspective, would be hellish if we had to undergo them. We find, in other words, life in various conditions. And from the human vantage point, some of those conditions are not very comfortable. Mm-hmm. But somehow life got there. So in a broader sense, there's a, as an affirmative regar- Despite the particulars of the descriptions, there's an overriding point being made there, that there are hellish conditions in in life, and they're largely determined by our own choices. So, again, the passionate emperor wanted to know how people could be freed from that, and so a beautiful uh, this is the beginning of the sixth canto, and a beautiful discussion takes place there about uh, a narrative of ancient times of a um, A gentleman, a pious gentleman who succumbed to impiety and lost sight of his spiritual pursuit and so forth, but somehow by good uh, fortune in his earlier years had named his son Narayan, Hmm. gave his son the name Narayan. So um, it happened such that at the end of his life, calling out for his son, "Oh, Narayan, Narayan, he was saved from hellish conditions that would have been the consequences for the actions that he had performed. And now an interesting message that the Bhagavad puts forth here is now listen carefully that while I have just said there is a hell or there are hellish conditions, and the Bhagavad seeks to make that clear in so many ways, the message of the sixth canto is that there is no hell while the fifth canto makes the point that there is hell the sixth canto says there is no hell now what do we mean by that well this book the Bhagwat it is for devotees and the onset it says what that Dharma Projita Kaitavotra Paramonir Matsaram Satam this book picks up where the Bhagavad Gita leaves off. With the very same point. Where does the Gita leave off? Sarva Dharman Puritya Ja Mami Kam Saranam Braja. And Bhagavad picks up with Dharma Projita Kaitavutra. paramunirmat Nirmat Saranam Satam. Gita, we discussed this other night to some extent, says that all Krishna says surrender to me take shelter of me exclusively make me your see me as your maintainer not that you'll your, your, your prospect in life will be bettered in any way by taking shelter of anyone else any god, any goddess this is his emphasis it's a rejection of the dharma mark the karma mark sarva dharma put it daja. It's a rejection of rejection, even even of sannyas. Although it's often interpreted to be speaking of sannyas, it's a rejection even of that. It's an emphasis on an acceptance, really. Acceptance of Bhagwan, Radhainandan, Shamsundar Krishna. After all, sannyas is beyond dharma, but it's also thought to be the the, the, the culmination of. Dharma and bhakti, bhakti marg as a sadhya, as a as a practice, and, and as and, or sadhana, as a practice, and as a sadhya, as a goal. It transcends karma and jnana. So Krishna speaking about something that is beyond knowledge, beyond action, karma marg or uh, Gan Mark about Bhakti he told him man mad namaskuru and this is how you start it he says sarva mamika this is the start this is the beginning not the end of Bhakti this m- mood of of surrender characterized primarily by the sense Krishna is my maintainer this we should embrace and with this kind of uh, embrace then we can do hearing chanting remembering navalakshan, bhakti, and so forth so the, as I say the Bhagavad now picks up just where that left off left off it says Dharma Projita kaitagotra rejecting this book is rejecting all the the Dharma not the cheating religion making a business with God I'm just making a business with God Um, to to serve God for some material remuneration. This is a childish kind of religious idea. The children always, uh, they are thinking, give me, give me, I want, I want. Hmm? Give me, give me, give me. Hmm?" So this is kind of childish idea, to approach God, give me, give me to take. And what do you give give the child? Give something here, take this. I want the moon. You can't have the moon. Here, take this something else. You just distract the child. Child wants everything. Everything can't be had. So you give the child something and distract her, her unattainable objective, keep her occupied for a while, and hopefully in due course of time she'll come to her senses. This is the karma mark. This is what it is. And so many rules are there and so many regulations and so forth. And it seems so important. Follow it very carefully. In Karma Marga it is important because if you do the yagya, the sacrifice, and you just pronounce the word wrong, or if some ingredient is missing, you won't get the desired result. You may get the opposite result even. In karma mark all the rules are extremely important. And on the other end of the spectrum, bhakti, there are no rules, ultimately. Bhakti means that it is, it is the idea that rules are meant to be broken and we are breaking them. sarva dharman parit Krishna says, break the rules. That's what he says. sarva dharman parit mami ekam saranam dharja aham sarva pape moksha ishami do not worry about it. He says, sin and come to me. <laughs> It's a very shocking language, actually. Of course, it all needs to be qualified to some extent. But this point should also be made. It is the very opposite. It is the other end of the religious spectrum. Karma Marg is a very childish idea of religion. And it doesn't bring us very close to God. He just gives us something to distract us. That's all. Mm-hmm. Occupy us. And... In Marg, as I say, the rules are very important. So you, you, you learn the rules and you follow them very closely. And when you get the result, then you start to think, this, this works. What else can I find in here? In the scriptures, for example, what else can I find? So faith is, some faith is awakened in Revelation. You want something that has nothing to do with what Revelation is really about. So some some something to distract you is given to occupy you and keep you on 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 board, so to speak. And then from Dharma-jignasu comes Brahma-jignasu. From long answer, I know. Purva Mimamsa. We come to Uttara Mimamsa from the preliminary discourse about things how to get things, we come to brahma where we come to find out that the best things in life are not things at all. There's you. What about you? Instead of the things, what about you? And you and your position is not improved or enhanced by adding things to your life, but by letting go of things. It will be enhanced. And not by taking will it be enhanced, Your sense of self will contract, but by giving, it will expand. But Ganmarg is also (coughs) somewhat childish, a more educated child, but uncooperative one, nonetheless. If I can't have it, all right, but I won't do anything. One wants everything, and one doesn't want to do anything. One wants everything to make life easy more thoughtful person sees those things are making life more complicated so I won't do anything you know just stand in the corner and pout if I can't have it I won't do anything (laughs) these are self-centered forms of religious expression they're not all bad after all they've been given in sacred texts so they have their application people have different levels of eligibility or interest in the subject matter. So sacred texts kindly reach out accordingly. Therefore they shouldn't be criticized in and of themselves, but in relation to bhakti, and in relation to the prospect that the sacred texts offer us, they should be explained and and understood in context. In Gyanmarg, of course, there are less rules to follow than in the karma mark so many less rules but there are some rules nonetheless pretty difficult ones to, to follow actually but as I say in bhakti mark we come to the other end of the spectrum if rules if law is fulfilled by love then we can understand Bhagavat is the new testament of the Vedic scriptures, if you will, to give a Christian cultural context to how to think about it. And it says in the beginning, Dharma as I say, just as the Gita says, give up the, this two types of approaches to the Godhead that are self-centered. Hmm. Karma-marg, or Dharma-marg as it may be called, uh, and Gyan-marg. Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. Projita means completely Praujita. Completely rejecting. So it means rejecting the uh, karma mark and gyana mark. And sannyas. Dharma projita kaitavotra paramo nirmat saranam satam it says. It's describing who's qualified to enter the text. And it, it, it says clearly Nirmat Saranam Satam. Sotam means truthful. It's another name for devotee. So it's for the devoted sector. So for the devotees this book is written. They are qualified to read the book and understand the book. And, of course, because they are devotees, they will read and study the book under the guidance of a devotee. That's what devotees do. (laughs) They seek good association especially they seek higher association because they know there's great prospect there in higher association for myself to grow for me to grow so the point is that the book is for devotees you understand my point? the book is for devotees the book describes hell the book says there is hell and the book says there is no hell from one book to the next it's made of a number of books as we know twelve books twelve cantos so in the fifth canto it said there's hell and in the sixth canto it says there's no hell so it means what there is no hell for those who read this book who understand this book there's no hell hmm? that's what it says you have not to worry about that people sometimes I find that people consider themselves very fond of preaching about the hells and so forth they misunderstood the Bhagavad altogether. Bhagavad said they have no hell. That is a good news. So how is it so? Because the whole... After this huge, long explanation of the hells, we come to the story of Ajamil, who, by ordinary standards, would have had... reaped the consequences that constituted a hellish condition, but he didn't go there. Because he was doing even inattentively what the Bhagavad has emphasized over and over again as the most um, powerful type of uh, sadhana, spiritual practice. The Bhagavad concludes the very final verse of the Bhagavatam, and this is of course not the only place it's emphasized, but the conclusion we can look to for what the conclusion (laughs) of the text is about. And it tells us to do sankirtanam. It means chanting of the, uh, <coughs> of the names of God, kirtan. Naturally, Sri Chaitanya Dev, who accepted the Bhagavat as his very heart, then emphasized and indeed personified this um, <coughs> this uh, spiritual practice. He said, Parambijayati, Sri Krishna sankirtanam. When he says this in the first of his uh, eight uh, verses of Shikshastakam, he seeks to create faith in the listeners in this practice that they may also take it up. This is what the Gita is doing at its end. This is what the Bhagavad is doing at the beginning. Now, the book tells us that for those who chant the holy name, there is no hell. And, and what, who chants the holy name? That is devotees. Who are the readers of the book? Devotees, there's no hell in the Bhagavat. Hmm. This is the idea. <laughs> if you enter the world of the Bhagavat, you think, well, here in the world, in the fifth canon, there's a hell. I should be concerned about that. You've misread the book, you misunderstand the book. That's why we could use good guidance to study this book. Good guidance. <laughs> Pashugunad Sugude was a, a good person to hear the Bhagavat from he was naked, he had nothing he means he wanted nothing he had no want so he was full and had capacity thereby to give Karunaya Purana Guyam. he gave it out of compassion not to get anything so in this sixth canon of Bhagavatam your question is nicely answered there Jamil chanted the name of Narayana thinking of his son and the kind of agents of hell as they were depicted come in to get him but they they, uh, they were intercepted and told that you have no jurisdiction over over such people and then a beautiful discussion follows glorifying the holy name mm. It's thing is one of them you know I was um, in my younger years uh, in, in Prabhupada's presence very much involved in distributing his books and so those who were involved in the printing of them sometimes would ask my advice what books to print in mass you know because they had they had so many books so I chose certain books that would they should be that I suggested should be printed in in mass. The first canto of Bhagavatam, There's the reasons for that, but second canto of Bhagavatam. sixth canto of Bhagavatam, for this for this particular reason, these were printed in like hundred thousand copies, instead of an ordinary print run or two hundred thousand. There were a lot of books going around from those those days. So it's a very um, nice section of the Bhagavatam, and. It speaks at length about the virtues of chanting the Holy Name in ways that may stretch your faith, even. <laughs> yeah. You think, this is just an exaggeration, you shouldn't think like that. It is said that to the glories of the name should not be um, thought to be an imagination. The idea is that the Bhagavad is giving an example. This happened at this time. It, though the potential is there for this to happen it may not happen to everybody all the time or at any time by nam abhas by a shadow a mere reflection of the pure name Ajamil was saved from such uh, potential hellish consequences he was given mukti he was liberated by a shadow only a mere shadow of the the full face of the holy name of Krishna. So we are to think that even though I've chanted, we may think, and I might have chanted a bas of the name, a shadow of the name, but I'm not liberated. There are different ways, of course, to think about that. You may be more liberated than you think, separated only by some time of parab- parabdha. Parabdha means to manifest karma that will be diminished by the name also not entirely all at once and so much karma that is not yet manifest that will be dissolved before you ever have to experience that so how close you are it may seem you're mired in material existence but if you study carefully you will have confidence it's not the case actually what would have perpetuated my material existence for thousands of lifetimes has been dissolved. I didn't even have to know about it. (laughs) Maybe I had to dream about it. We had some bad dreams, probably. That's all. And not only that, but the manifest karma immediately is removed to a certain extent as well. This karma is kind of like a credit kind of card debt. When you get in get in to credit card debt and you max out your cards, then you're in difficulty because you are living just to pay the debts, and you have no life of your own. You have to come into the court, declare bankruptcy, come under the shelter of the court, and the court will push the creditors away and give you a life, so you can still go to one movie a month anyway or something. <laughs> <laughs> go to Govinda's restaurant, you know, once once a week. Something like that. They give you a life. So, so our karmic debt is such that we are we, we don't have the life of our own. But uh, the court appoints a um, representative to take charge of our case. This is the whole idea of Guru Parampara. Uh, then we get a life. We get the creditors are held at at bay, and we we have the opportunity to live within certain parameters, such. That those debts will be paid down, or the co- the cost of those debts will be diminished considerably. We start to feel good about ourselves, you know, we, have, have, we have a life. People are sometimes have enough have some integrity, and they they don't they would not like to declare bankruptcy. They don't know that some of the wealthiest people have declared bankruptcy <laughs> several times. Anyway. So we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we uh, shouldn't, we shouldn't be proud. Our predicament is really quite, um, it's uh, awkward. As I said other night, oh, there's an English saying, what is oh, what a web we weave when at first we choose to deceive. So the very deception of self identifying with matter then fosters so many actions that create a web and it's just, It's it's impossible to sort all that out, absolutely impossible. So we should be running to the court to declare bankruptcy and come under the shelter of a court-appointed agent that has the power to keep the creditors at some distance and to satisfy them. He says, look, this person owes you I know that. Now, what is your position? Do you owe anything to anybody? What about Krishna? Are you in debt also? Everybody within the karma, whether they're a taker or they're being taken from, and we we play both roles. So someone is, we have taken, so someone is taking back from us. But those who are taking back, they also owe. So they have to then It's like, if I owe you money, I'm in debt, but you owe my friend money, then he can intervene, right? And and pacify you. Okay, you take something less. How's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Something like that. So the agent has this kind of capacity. And then then if we live within the the parameters with which he or she sets up, then we can have a life. Hmm? This karmic debt can be paid. Even the par- parabda, the manifest karma, is cleared very quickly and immediately to a certain point, which enables us to actually practice and so forth. Not entirely. All of the bad parabda will be minimized first. So anyway, it's a, it's a complex affair, but it takes some time, a little patience, but it would take so much time to sort it out yourself, and you would be unsuccessful. They give that the mythological example of uh, what is his name? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, uh, he's keeping the track of all the karma of everybody. Chitragupta. Yeah, Chitragupta. He's recording everything down. I think they've given him a computer now. To make it <laughs> easier. <laughs> so he's got all all the thoughts of everyone, every, every feeling, and so forth those he acted on and not, and he's got a huge database down there <laughs> keeping track of everybody. Yeah, this is example is given just to, just to say it was, it's going to be sorted out. That's what it means. It's hopeless. So Take sharanam, do sharanam, take shelter. This is the idea. So under that kind of good uh, guidance, where we can learn... To chant the holy name in a way that it will be effective in other words without sambandha gyan this chanting will not be very effective it will be effective to bring us to the point of taking good, good counsel and then with that kind of understanding obviously it's just common sense the more you're whatever you're doing the more understanding you have of what it is the better your capacity is to actually do it and derive from it what um, it has to offer. Very important point. So if we are in such a situation, we are chanting under good guidance and hearing th- these discussions of Bhagavad and its implications, its significance and so forth and so on, then we can understand the potential of what we are involved in, even though we may chant many times, and sometimes we will chant Nam sometimes we will chant Nama then you start to chant Shudhanam sometimes. Gradually you become all Shudhanam. gradually you become all Namavas, no Namaparad. The, sc- the scope of Namaparad is that you can gain within this world, by Namaparad you can make great gains in this world, if not in this life, in your next life, or oh, you'll be in heaven. Big gain. That is as far as its reach goes. The Abhas of the name, the shadow of the name that can take you beyond the material realm. Mukti and Shuddhanam that will give you prem. We want the (coughs) Shuddhanam. We have to pass through these other phases, if you will, under good guidance. But we are encouraged (coughs) to hear from Bhagwat, and if we understand it properly, we shall not lose hope. We are not read the story and think, I chanted, it and uh, I'm not feeling liberated said, by Namabas, you can't get liberation. It means the possibility lies there. So we should think, even if it's remote, and it's not remote, but even if it's remote, but the possibility lies there, I take it up. Wouldn't speak of the possibility that it lies in shudanam which is praying, which is not available through any other spiritual practice, I mean, other than bhakti. And bhakti in Kali Yuga should give emphasis on, on Nam. All other ungas or limbs of bhakti pay deference to nam and Namkirtan, particularly in Kali Yuga. So, there anyway, in that section of Bhagavatam, it glorifies the name in ways that may stretch your faith, as I said. By running, blindfold, folded. Even if one runs blindfolded and falls on the ground and... Uh, and so forth. He, said, he says, chanting the name even even without looking, without understanding what it means, you'll get to the destination. It says that if you chant while eating or if you chant while sleeping is the answer to your question. Still, you will benefit. So, maybe not by sleeping, but by chanting in your sleep is possible. This is very <coughs> a very strong statement. You know? If you understand you what I'm saying, if you chant in your sleep, this name will bring you progress. Progress is not something we can always see, but other people can see. Therefore, they feel confident, don't worry. They tell us, don't worry, everything's all right. Keep doing what you're doing, don't worry, everything will be all right. And if we have close connection with them, their competence, we will... We, we'll, we'll feel some confidence in their confidence, even though from our own vantage point, we can't see how, we are, how we're making progress. But certain foundation stones of the house of bhakti we try to erect in our heart are being put in place. And as I've said before, progress, something like this, if you want to climb to Mount Everest, how will you get there? You have to go through the foothills. And the foothills will go like this. Right? So if you're walking on the foothill, you'll be going up, I'm going up, and I'm going down. <laughs> I'm going up, I'm going down. So from the another vantage point, always going up. We talked about Brahma last night, how he went down. He came and offended Bhagavan Sri Krishna in Braj, in his own home. With his poor heads, he came and caused a disturbance amongst his friends. Looked like Brahma's going down. But Krishna was using him in a way to bring him up, actually, to take away his pride, to use him to satisfy his devotees in Vatsalya Bhakti who wanted to have Krishna as their own son, the cows who wanted to have Krishna as their own calf. Hmm? He manifested himself as such. How much he made out of Brahma's pride for Brahma's own benefit. This This is the kind of guide that Krishna is and the real representative of Krishna. You cannot lose there. With a real guru, you can only make progress. It may take some time. It may look like you're going backwards. This is the most important I tell you, that's my own experience, so I tell you, put this this um, part of the puzzle in place. God brother of mine, nothing 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 has been more important to me in my life than this god of mine used to say, Vishnu Jan Swami passed away some years back, used to say, the distance we have traversed thus far in our material sojourn is far greater than the distance we have to traverse from this point of taking shelter of our Gurudev onward to the, to the finish. That is a very short distance in comparison the other distance is immeasurable. Anadi karma, anadi karma phale, anadi karma, bhakti no praise, anadi karma phale, bhavanar nabajale. It's oceanic, fathomless depths of anadi, karma without a beginning, implicated in the world with from time without beginning, cannot be measured. and from. This point, then, of taking, uh, really making a systematic approach to the whole affair under good guidance, then distance is very short in comparison. Although it may seem long for us, our vantage point is is uh, we're too close to the thing, so to speak, to see it clearly. So, it's a very, idea is it's a very, very generous path, bhakti, very forgiving. There is a learning Curve. The main thing is you take shelter in a good guidance. Uh, every, uh, somehow or other, than, uh, then, then um, everything will be all right. You can be sure. And these kind of glorifications about the name are there in the sixth canto. Even by chanting in your sleep, then benefit will come. It wants to, it wants to create in us, awaken within us, faith in the efficacy of Nam Kirtan. It doesn't. Exaggerate to do so because it gives, at least in the case of Ajamil, for example, uh, uh, historical, if you will, pranic examples of such effects of the name. Rupa Goswami and his brother Srimad Sindhu has mentioned many things about bhakti, different angas of bhakti, and what they can do. What it's magical, ain't it? May not happen to everyone every time, but it, it's possible by this, doing this only in bhakti, such a wonderful thing will occur, or another thing. But central focus, of course, as I say, is namsan kirtan. So with sleep, sleep is important. Everyone should get enough sleep. And that's different for everyone. You have to be honest. This is one thing I mentioned. Devotee means honest. So be honest. You know if you sleep too much. And be honest. You know if you sleep too too little and trying to make a show of not having to sleep too much. (laughs) That person should go to sleep. He's putting everyone else to sleep with his so-called uh, advancement, so <laughs> that should be uh, avoided. I know that Prabhupada wrote in his Bhagavad Gita commentary that one should not sleep more than what, say six hours, right? So the devotees sometimes they take it as a law like that. Uh, cannot sleep more than six hours or I won't go back to Godhead. <laughs> Guru, Guru has said. Parm Guru has said, but you should know. It just gives you one example. The context of talking about sleep. When Prabhupada formed his League of Devotees, before he formed Iskon, he formed a, a group called League of Devotees in, in India, and he wrote down the rules what, what they would follow, also. And he said there should be, they should come to the Mongol and uh, then there should be chanting. Everyone should rise at four four in the morning, and then they they come to the Mongol Artik and the members will then chant japa, and they will cook nicely and take sumptuous Mahaprasad, and then they will take rest for two hours. Hmm? (laughs) And then they will get up again, and and then they'll come to the evening arctic, and so forth, and they will take rest from ten o'clock to four o'clock. So ten o'clock to four o'clock is six hours, and two hours in the afternoon makes eight. So you have to, you know, have a really kind of comprehensive understanding and feeling for what a person like Prabhupada said in his writing and otherwise you just pick out something here or there and start to make a religion out of out of that it becomes very narrow and it becomes very um it com- becomes cold rather than warm and affectionate and accommodating and uh and uh custom. It's the custom. Bhakti is custom fit kind of thing, actually. Guru comes to us just made for us just made for us. So that's why we have to have a guru in the present day, because we, you, you know, it's, 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 you'll read the book, for example, of Prabhupada in a particular way, and you have some idea of what Prabhupada was like. You cannot get an idea from that entirely. You have to have some living idea and feeling for the whole affair. Then you can... He said this over here, that's alright, but this is what he meant over here. This is actually, we put this together and there's a way to arrive at Siddhanta. It's not, you can quote Harunika Kasipu, he also speaks in the Bhagavatam. Does that mean because the, what he said, that's the Siddhanta? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> we have to find it. see it in, in context and so forth. So, that's why in Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami has written that, um, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gododai Pushpabanto Chitro Sando Tamonudo This Chitro Sando Tamonudo This Tamonudo, eradication of darkness and samdho, attaining of the full, all the wealth that uh, is possible. It means Prem, Prem. He said, This possibility is brought to us by Gaur and Nityananda Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya. Nityananda Sahodito. He gives a metaphor to explain them: uh, that these two, Nityananda Sahodito, gododai Pushpavanto, chitro, Sando, Tamonudo, like the sun and the moon, if they were to rise at the same time, lighting the world. The world, the moon that lights the dark in a cooling way, the sun that in a warming way that lights the, the day. If they were to come at the same time, something like this. In a big way, he means, illuminating. And then he says, as he explains this verse from the beginning of his book, it's the, actually the, the Namaskar, the specific Namaskar verse of his whole text, Chaitanya Charitamrita, And the, he's offering a, his respect to the deity of his book, Gauranitinanda, And he says, in explaining this verse, he says, the way that this happens, that this samdo, chitro samdho or the wonder of praying comes to us in the, in the ignorance of dharma, artha, Kama moksha, vancha. Vancha means desire, desire for karma, artha, dharma, and even moksha. This is all kaitava. Tarnam, kaitava. Cheating. Dharma, projita, kaitava. Pra. As we quoted earlier from Bhagavatam. This should be, this, this darkness of ignorance is, this is dispelled by the rising of the sun and the moon of Gornit and They give praying through two Bhagavatas, he says. That Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and the Bhagavata person that personifies that. Together, through these two together, that will be given. The book person. Bhagwat person, book Bhagwat, that is a passive agent of divinity, and book person, active agent of divinity. You understand? Because the book can't ask you, so did you understand? But the person can say, so did you understand? Yes. What did you understand? How did you understand? Let me see if you understood. I'll go after you. Prabhupada said, I came to your country as an oppressor. <laughs> I said, thank you. For that so we need. We need that. Mm-hmm. Who will go after us see that we com- kindly compassionately do you understand make sure you understand to push us this is sadhu this is the fire that we will be cooked on and made offerable by without that no so this is and I say and this is, I speak from experience so I'll tell you my own story only as much as it's worth listening to this is my own story having this in place this is, this is uh, everything. This is the beginning and this is the end. So this point should not be neglected. Neglect this is the foundation of our our spiritual life. And from such good uh, enable guidance... I mean, NAM is independent. That's fact. Independent of Diksha. It can enlighten you in your sleep. If you dream about it. That's a fact. But it chooses to express itself fully through an agent this is the point that's his choice, we have to go on his terms who will bless us and help us to understand that and give us a kind of uh, uh, knowledge and understanding of the significance of what we're involved in it will enable us to take part in it more fully and derive the benefits so that we chant so attentively And we derive so much from it that when we go to sleep at night, we find we are also chanting there. So sleep, sleep is important. Six or eight hours or so, something like that. And everyone should be honest what they need and take it and then serve their full energy.